Welcome to the Culture Classroom, a podcast for teachers and coaches by teachers and coaches. Listen to top leaders, innovators, and influencers share their stories about how intentional culture elevates performance. Now, here are your hosts, John Weaver and John Torrey. Let's get better together. The Culture Classroom is powered by Pro Quick Draw. Clinic season is right around the corner. Are you ready? Pro Quick Draw is here to get you organized. Listen to our sponsor as they talk about the effectiveness for building your playbook with Microsoft Visio and PowerPoint. ProQuickDraw is the Microsoft playbook development system that is centered on increasing your efficiency in drawing plays, generating scouting reports, creating scout cards, and much more. We have the capabilities of drawing within PowerPoint and Visio. Coaches are currently using the programs as standalone drawing platforms or integrating them both within PQD. You can create your presentation using PowerPoint, but quickly add plays from your Visio library. Build your library of plays from scratch or by using the PQD folder system. Create your playbook by adding drawings from your library to a custom template to help organize your final playbook. Utilize our Visio stencils or PowerPoint shape library to help you draw your plays. Speed up the workflow by not having to copy and paste. PQD will resize your drawing based on the template that you have chosen. Embed video within your presentation to help create a digital playbook. We offer templates for handouts and presentations for staff, unit, or player meetings. Generate your practice script using our advanced button. Print this for your coaches or send digitally to your players before practice. You can even convert the handout to scout cards and flip the drawings. Save time during the week not having to draw cards. Draw that play once for the year and you have it moving forward. Connect your library to a cloud service or the school network. When a coach updates a drawing, simply click the Refresh All Plays button to update the document. We believe we have the tools that can help you become a better coach. Download a free 30-day trial and change the way you work. Welcome to the classroom. Today we're going to have Adam Harvey, who is the new defensive coordinator at Hutto High School, the Hippos. He's also uh, the co-host or the host of the No Fly Zone chat. It's uh, his first time to actually be in the classroom with us. We had some problems the first time, so we'll get to hear him, hear what he's about, get some story, uh, some successes, and then his signature of what it means for him in the coaching profession. So, Coach Harvey, welcome to the classroom today. Coach Weaver, I really appreciate you having me, man. Love what you guys do and love your passion for not only the game, but uh, culture, as we know, is it's a huge part of why you guys are back-to-back state champions. So I'm glad to be here and honored that you'd ask again. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm glad you're, uh, you're willing to come back on. Um, you know, when we get into this, and I'm glad you said that about, about the culture piece, because I think culture sometimes is fuzzy. Sometimes uh, coaches really don't know how to approach it. So they leave it up to chance of it'll take care of itself when you and I both know, uh, and a lot of our listeners know, that it's probably the most key component to success in your program is how you build up those young men and, and the alignment that it has with your coaches, your assistant coaches, uh, even your parents and your players of how that all molds together uh, 
so a team can be successful, not just winning. You know, obviously winning is fun and winning championships is fun, but at the end of the year only one team per classification wins. So you have to find some other ways to define success in our program. Uh, so, yes, thankfully for us, you know, we've won two in a row. That's great. Um, but even if we didn't, we're, we're still successful in our profession. So just like you with your D.C. position and what you do uh, with your guys at Hutto. Uh, so here's what I want to get into today. Uh, you've been, to me, you're, you're one of the top guys in this profession, not just defensively, but you're genuine. You are – you call it like you see it. Um, can you go into our first segment uh, with talking about your story of maybe just summarizing your coaching journey and then maybe a little bit of your personal journey as an athlete and uh, what drew you in athletics? I wasn't even going to go into athletics. <laughs> I was going to be a journalist, and now I'm a, a football coach. So uh, just some of those things, your journey uh, as an athlete and your coaching journey, and then what drew you in athletics? Yeah, well, first of all, appreciate your kind words, man. I, uh, I'm honored to hear somebody of your stature hear that, or, you know, say that and hear that coming from you means a lot, coach. And, uh, you know, I, man, my journey, yeah, it, you know, <clears throat> growing up, I was always looking for an identity. And, uh, you know, I, did, I didn't quite get that from places that I thought I was going to get it from. You know, my, my parents divorced at a young age. And uh, so I was always that kid that was lacking in self-confidence, Um when I say that, probably up until about my sixth grade year, it was a battle. It was really a struggle, and I wasn't very athletic. You know, I mean, I, I remember being in the third grade scoring on the wrong basket and little dribblers, <laughs> you know. And did Not only was I unathletic, but I didn't understand the rules. You know, I've got a third grader right now, and, and um, my wife actually just pulled up a picture from six years ago where – he had had a little makeshift baseball mound in the middle of our living room, and he was he was throwing pitches, you know, at, <laughs> you know, three years old and uh, or two years old, I guess, almost three at the time. And so, you know, that that wasn't who I was growing up. And you know, I, I guess probably sixth grade, um, you know, I really fell in love with comp competition more than just athletics. But I don't know a better way to compete, and um, you know, on how to learn how to compete. And so, had a coach. Um, you know, through my stepfather uh, that my mom remarried and, and he was great, you know, taught me a lot about baseball and then had another coach on the basketball court, you know, that really taught me about life through athletics and through competition. And um, so really fell in love with it, you know, joined football in, in the seventh grade. And then throughout high school was just a multi-sport athlete and anything was in season. I was, you know, I was a part of and, and uh, throughout my high school career was involved in four different sports uh, with track and field, baseball, basketball, and then of course football. Um, yeah. So, you know, I, I was kind of knew I wanted to work with people. Um, that was a big deal for me. Always wanted to be around people, wanted to be an inspirer and um, you know, just kind of going into college um knew I wanted to do something with my life and, and probably athletics was going to be a big part of that, but didn't know I wanted to coach, um, necessarily. And so, yeah, man, just, uh, you know, through, through collegiate athletics a little bit, and then only getting to do that one year, moving on to a bigger university, you know, I just really dug in deep, um, and fell in love with the game even more, um, just through, through experiences that way. So, you know, I think I think just really, you know, coaches that have been really good in my life and then I, and also coaches that have been hard to, 
took to play for um, as an athlete, you know, kind of paved my way and said, yeah, I want to take those things. I also want to leave those things, you know, yeah. and, and make something of myself, make a difference in the world along the way. And um, I, I can't imagine doing anything else now. You know, it, it was at a fairly young age that I decided to go ahead and, and take this route. And now I can't imagine anything else. So, yeah. So, and I think this is, this is the $8 million question for all of us. Uh, is why do you coach? You know, a lot of people, it's for the wins, it's for the championships. Some people, it's for the relationships. Uh, others, it's to fulfill a dream that maybe they didn't play in college or the NFL, and now they want to coach and coach the game. So just, I guess, the $8 million question is, Coach Harvey, why do you coach? I got to go with all the above. I really do. I, I love competition like nobody's business. Um, you know, and I think, I think again, kind of, what I was saying when I was growing up, I think if we miss out on that, then we're missing a point of why we coach a lot of times, you know, and, and it can e easily be misconstrued as, you know, competitiveness is, is superseding the, um, the inspiring or, or whatever. And it's a win at all cost mindset. I don't know that that's the case necessarily, but I do know this. I'm not having fun unless I'm winning, <laughs> you know what I mean? And so, I'm not one of those guys will just go out there and have fun and don't care about the result. I think that's, I think we're selling ourselves short, you know, and kind of to quote, and I know you're a fan of the kites, but to quote Brian kite, I don't know that there's ever been a time to be more or more of a time, I should say in the history of mankind to be elite, right? Because so many people are milling around on the mountain of average. Yeah. And one of the things that I take really a lot of pride in is freaking getting after it every single day, being elite in all things, things that, you know, the kids at Huddle were probably already sick of hearing this past year because I say it every single day, you know, and I don't want you leaning on the rack. I don't want your hands on your hips. I don't want you slouching over and looking like that you're already defeated by, you know, a weight that's not moving unless you pick it up. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so why I coach is, is all of those things, you know, and then if I just leave it at that, when it all costs, then I'm missing out on how I can make a difference in kids' lives. Also the way I, you know, grew up and, and the coaches and that really made an impact on me, I want to be able to make that impact on, on kids too. So I think if we embody a little bit of everything and really know our why, know that the, you know, the coined phrase of our coined word, if you will, of being a coach, um, is so much, it, it, there's so much that embodies into that. That's, that's where the meat and potatoes are, but also the dessert and the sides, you know what I mean? I mean, it, I think it's everything. And so if you want a full meal, well, you gotta be the, you gotta have every ingredient, you yeah. know? And so that, that's something that's important to me, not, not to skip out on, you know, on anything of any nature, obviously you got to prioritize and there, you know, my why may change from season to season and may change from day to day at times but I've got to go 100,000 miles an hour um, to make sure that those kids know that I'm all about them. So at the end of the day, it's for the kids, and that would be my why. Um, yeah. But I have to have all things, you know, to quote the Apostle Paul, you know, be all things to all men. You've got to be able to, you know, make yourself a chameleon and, and, and figure out how to do that with different kids. And I think when you do that, you got it. So. Right. That's fantastic. Uh, I think about, you know, as a coach, we're – I mean, and I, to our listeners, I don't want you to think this is who we are comparing ourselves to because we don't go to school nearly as long. But then we have doctors. They call Dr. So-and-so. Never once was I ever called or you will be called Mr. Harvey. It is coach, and that, that carries so much weight, I think, that you and I both understand, our listeners understand, that word coach carries so much weight. 
that all the ingredients we have to have. It, you can't have an obtuse or acute triangle. It has to be balanced. Uh, and same thing with our life. So same thing. I, I love how you put that is you got to have all the ingredients um, to be a coach and why we coach. And uh, it comes – I just started thinking about the weight of that word coach that we have. Uh, it comes with so much responsibility. Uh, and then I love how you talked about competition. Also leads to success, which will be a perfect segue into our second segment. GameStrat is a company that specializes in sideline replay, giving coaches access to the most reliable and advanced sideline replay system on the market. With GameStrat, coaches can instantly make in-game adjustments and correct mistakes, improving their overall team performance. GameStrat sets up a private network, eliminating the need for internet or Wi-Fi at your stadium. This private network is optimized to eliminate any interference from outside sources, such as headsets, TV broadcasts, fans, and other networks. Everything can be set up within minutes, and all of the hardware comes pre-plugged in to make things as simple as possible. All you have to do is mount the GameStrat router, face it to your sidelines, and plug directly into your laptop. This will create the fastest video transfer and most reliable connection while making it as easy as possible to tag plays. Coaches can quickly find plays and filter with our advanced tagging system. At the end of the game, all of your video and breakdown data can be exported to any film exchange platform. Contact us today and find out for yourself why more coaches are switching to GameStrat. Success of your program and what you, and you can go back to when you were at the Knights, and you can go back uh, to this past season with Hutto, but when, when you start looking at your program, you have to have some tangible things that how do you define success? And there's some intangibles that define success. So what does success look for, look, what does success look like uh, at Hutto High School? Yeah, that's a that's a great question, Coach. And I, I, you know, I think I think that's a very very fine line, and we've got to really make sure that we stay on the correct side of that. You know, I think for us at Hutto right now, it's you know developing a championship culture. Um, they've been successful with wins and losses, uh, but I think if you ask kids that have formerly played there or coaches that have been there on staff for a long time, you know, every one of those years that was a quote unquote successful year in the win loss column was also a, there was a disappointment, you know, to end the season and they should have gone, you know, and won one more game or three more games or what have you. And, you know, they did play in a state championship not too awful long ago in 2005 and, and unfortunately came up short. And then a couple of years ago with the kid that, you know, is at UCLA now and Chase Griffin, you know, they had a really good ball club and didn't, didn't win it that year either. Of course, you know, in the state of Texas, it's not easy. <laughs> you know, it's, it's difficult. You're always going to run against buzz saws. But I think, again, it goes beyond the wins and losses. It goes beyond, um, you know, what we're doing on the playing surface. But, but how are we developing young men to be who they are? And, you know, and then what does success look like? I think success has a whole lot more failure than what we want to admit, you know, in America especially. And, and you know, everything that we look at, whether it's, you know, Nick Saban and the way he does things, you know, I think if you really ask 
certain people, I'm not going to put anybody on the spot here, but I'll just say certain people with the mindset that they have, you know, if Nick Saban, you know, were to call, would you go to work for that guy? I think a lot of people might even say no, if they really knew what it took, you know, if they really understood how difficult it is to remain on top, like Alabama has, um, I don't know that they would do it, you know? And, and so, you know, you think about Alabama and, and there's been failure there too. You know, it's, it's hard to find sometimes, but I, I think a lot of times we just want to look at all the candy and roses, so to speak. But, but the truth of the matter is, is anybody that has success or will have success is going to go through some, some growing pains and those growing pains are just part of the process, you know? And, um, so I, I don't know if that defines it or if that it really answers your question, Coach, but I just think that yeah. I'm still in that journey. I'm still trying to figure that out because yeah. I'm not there yet. Yeah. And, uh, you know, with Hutto, this is my first year that I've had a losing record, Coach. We were four and five and and uh, had a lead of, of you know, 14 nothing, and and thought we were about to make the playoffs and then the wheels fell off late in, the, in that game. And, you know, it stings. It stings for me. And so I'm trying to figure out, you know, how to rebound. So that failure that I'm talking about, is I'm living it right now as we speak, so. So it's safe to say that, that that failure, that failing, obviously will lead to growth in some capacity and success will come out of it. So what have you learned about yourself as a leader up to this point with success and now failure? What have you learned about yourself uh, in the leadership position? Because in my opinion, the defensive coordinator is the second most important person on a football staff. Um, so coming out of a four and five, what did you learn most about yourself? Vulnerability is everything. You know, I think if 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 we don't honor own up and and admit our mistakes, admit the difficulties, admit that we need help, we're missing out. You know, and and you can just roll out and right into life, right? I think that so many times, you know, we try to out scheme people when the truth of the matter is, is we're not doing the fundamentals right. You know, we're not executing because we're not coaching, coaching things up that need to be coached up. And and that's on me. It's not on anybody else. It's not on, you know, my assistants. I mean, you know, our defensive staff alone at Hutto, if you go from, you know, the front end to the back end, we've got a head coach at every level of another sport, you know, and, and so that is high school, high school athletics in a nutshell, but you know, those guys aren't, aren't really required or even going to be asked to watch as much film as myself, you know, and right now I happen to be an interim of a, you know, an interim head coach of another sport. And so even with that, I've got to do more work. And, and with that though, also means that I've got to take ownership when things aren't going right, things aren't going well. Um, so I think vulnerability is, is huge. And I think, you know, and learning that we can't do this alone, you know, I need everybody, all, all six coaches on staff to, you know, to do their part. And then also, you know, be willing to admit mistakes. I think, you know, we're, we're going to find the right culture, you know, and, and part of our, you know, our mantra, so to speak, and you've probably seen it on Twitter is, is mode, you know, the word mode. Well, about mid season, I guess it kind of hit me and, and, you know, we made it an acronym and it's making our discipline elite. Well, you know, if, if, if we're going to be disciplined in all things, then I got to be disciplined in telling the truth. And the truth of the matter is, is Adam Harvey doesn't know everything. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so that's sometimes hard to swallow. It's hard to, it's hard to, to be honest about that. But I think that also will allow those coaches to come into my world a little bit and think, okay, this guy is approachable. This guy will take, you know, suggestions. And, and now I can speak up with, with a little bit more you know, confidence that I'm not going to get shot down with my ideas. So not that I'm going to take every idea right. either. I've got to right. be a leader and, and 
do what's right for our football team and particularly our defense as well. So, right. yeah, there's still a whole lot more to learn too. So let me go with this. What's your mode when you start talking about your accomplishments? So mm. let's say you've, you're making our discipline elite, right? So accomplishments are where we've made our discipline elite. What's a major accomplishment you have as a coach, as a leader, or maybe as a player in your career? Uh, yeah, I think I think just shoot. As a coach, making it this long. I know I'm not even really that old yet, but, you know, so many have gotten out, man. So many have bailed it and bailed on it, decided that it wasn't for them. It's too hard, you know, whether it's time away from family or, you know, losing or, or what have you. And, you know, I think, I think it's been, um, it's been pretty neat to kind of be in the journey that I've been in. You know, I didn't touch on my, my tenure much earlier, but, you know, I was a middle school coach for eight years and, uh, you know, as competitive as I am going back to what I was saying earlier, I couldn't, I couldn't see myself just sitting there. I felt a little monotonous. And so, you know, I was able to jump from a middle school that nobody really even knows, even here in Texas, um, you know, which was in the private sector, um, to, to a place like Cibolo Steel that was just coming off of a, you know, state title and, and an appearance in another, and then a couple of semifinal real runs. Um, so to be able to make that jump was pretty neat. And then, you know, by chance I was able to grow and, and, you know, from a freshman coach all the way to a varsity coach in, in less than a year because of a move, not because I'm a great coach, but, you know, just taking that and running with it, you know, and, and then, you know, being fortunate to have those kids that I had throughout those, those years at Cibolo Steel was just, you know, the icing on the cake and a little bit more of a feather in my hat. But, you know, networking, um, even when I was a young coach at the middle school, you know, I went out and got involved in organizations on my own, you know, paid my own way a lot of times. And, you know, I was doing those things because I was going to be somebody. I was going to make myself great in somehow, some way. And, and so, you know, I think that was my mode, you know, being able to, to get in front of a guy like John Peterson who coached in the, you know, in the league and was NFL scout of the year in 2010. And, um, you know, and then also not being afraid to go shake hands with guys like Gary Patterson and, you know, meet guys like Patrick Tony at UTSA, who's now the DC there at, you know, Lafayette. And, and then through him, met more guys and, you know, it's just kind of a domino effect. And so, you know, that, that's something that I'm always going to do. I'm just not afraid to go up and talk to people, not because I think I know as much ball as they do, but because, again, that vulnerability is, a, is something that I think we all need to learn. And, and if we show ourselves vulnerable and are able to ask questions, then we're going to learn more about ball and more about life, and that makes us better coaches. So. Absolutely. Uh, that's amazing. So I, I want to talk about vulnerability. And a big thing with our podcast, and, and, and you know with me as well, is I love relationships, the networking piece that you mentioned of uh, getting to know coaches, not being afraid to go shake hands and, and just start small talk that could lead into something bigger. But when we talk about our team, we start talking about specifically your, your defensive side of the ball. How do you build those lasting relationships with those players uh, that they know that Coach Harvey loves me? Mm. I think, first of all, you got to keep them accountable. You know, I think a lot of times that's hard. Um, you know, after you gain respect with the kid, you got to be real with them. Um, just the other day at a track meet, you know, one of the kids, he's 132 pounds soaking wet. And he was happened to be a second team all district corner for me, you know, in the, our first year at the highest classification in Texas. So he's a good little player, tough as nails. Um, you know, he, he was struggling a little bit at the track meet. And I was real with him. And I said, you know, you have got to do these things and do this this way and then on top of that i need you to take it a step further you know because 
if I backed up, you know, he wasn't even going to run track. And then I was named interim head track coach because our head track coach took an offensive coordinator job at another school with my experience. I was asked to do it. I wasn't even supposed to coach track this year. I was supposed to be done after basketball and I'm in sport number three right now. So that's always fun. But I think, you know, again, just coming into sport number three, kind of un, unannounced, so to speak. And, you know, it was a surprise to me as much as to anybody, but I'm still going to love on those kids the same way. I'm going to hold them just as, you know, accountable as I would any other way. And, you know, I told him, I said, yeah, I'm glad you're here. You know, he kind of was looking at me as I was lighting into him a little bit, like, coach, I wasn't even going to run until you basically made me, <laughs> you know. Um, but but then, you know, it's not just enough to show up. You've got to show up and then get better in everything you do. And um, And so I think – you know, yeah, just being real with them, you know, and then also sharing our, my faults with those kids. You know, I, I've made some mistakes in my career. Absolutely. I've made some personal mistakes where I've had to call kids in high school kids and a lot of adults wouldn't do this and say, guys, I screwed up, <laughs> you know, and I'm telling you this because number one, I love you. But number two, don't make the same mistakes that I've made. You know, when it's your time to be a husband and a father, you be a husband and a father you're supposed to be. And here's where I've screwed up. Don't make the same mistakes. And I think that'll go a I can't even tell you how far that'll go with kids, you know? Um, so yeah, that's just part of being vulnerable with them and living life with them. You know, yeah, I want to, I want to talk about that for, for a minute, uh, about how we always got to think we got to have it together and we give out this persona and I'm, I'm guilty of this as well of that. We know everything and coaches supposed to, even in the classroom, like we know everything and, and I'm quick to tell kids like, Hey, I don't know that. Go look it up. And I think that's a big thing with our coaches. So coaches, as you're listening to this podcast, just kind of think about times where you could have been real with that kid and, and not put up this facade of, hey, I'm the coach. And we, we alluded that to that, that, that coach title here carries so much weight. But I think it's huge that when we're, when we're real with them and, and show that transparency that, that lets our guard down and allows them to see that we're approachable you know, uh, and I think that's a key component of that relationship piece uh, with getting those kids to buy into what you're selling them is that, hey, coach loves me, but how does he love me? And then you get into to all those aspects, all those ingredients that we talked about, about how we love kids. Which is going to bring us to our third and final segment of the day, Coach Harvey. Hey, everyone. John Weaver. want to borrow you for about 20 seconds and let you know there are three ways that you can help build the culture classroom. One, it's as easy as subscribing to the show on SoundCloud, Apple iTunes, or Spotify. The second way is you can leave a rating or review, and that will help us produce better podcasts for you, our listeners. And lastly, follow us on Twitter at CultureClass19. Once again, thanks for listening to the show. And it's about our signature, and, and if you're familiar with John Gordon, his caring trademark, um, to our listeners, what makes you different from any other leader uh, in the country? That's a that's a it's loaded. It's loaded, right? (laughs) (laughs) It is. You know, I don't know that there is anything that makes me any different other than maybe just true passion. You know, I I'm not going to do anything slow. I'm not going to do anything um, half-assed. I'm not. I'm just. That's not in my DNA. And I think those that do are in living on that mountain of average. And so. Mm You know, my desire to to not only be great, um, but to be elite, I think, is is what I want to separate from everybody else. Whether I'm there or not, uh, you know, is is not my that's really not my judgment. That's that's for other people to see. But but I, I do want to, you know, to do all things um, 
with the lead effort, you know, and, and kind of that whole Colossians 323 thing, again, to quote the Apostle Paul. And I, I just, I think those things are, are, you know, so difficult to do because it's one thing, it's, it's desire, you know, and so to be, to be the lead coach and, and to be the elite leader, I think we've got to um, just put, pursue things with everything in us, you know, and, and so that, that's something that I want, um, whether I'm doing it or not on a daily day basis, I, I couldn't tell you, <laughs> we, I really couldn't, but that's, that's what I want to separate me from others. Um, you know, and I think really also just connecting, um, mm-hmm. you know, we talked about networking earlier. I'm going to answer every DM and every text sent to me that I'm aware of anyway. Sometimes I miss them. Uh, but I never want to be that guy that's not willing to reach back out, you know, I don't care if they, you know, if you're on Twitter and there are a hundred thousand followers or two, it, it makes me no difference. You know, I, I want to connect and, um, whether it's me, you know, sharing my experiences or, or me even asking questions, um, in return, I, I want to make sure that I, I reach back out to those that reach out to me, whether it's, you know, schematically or, or anything. And so, uh, that's another thing I really want to be set apart with, you know, and, and, and kind of known for, uh, being a lead in, so to speak. And, right. um, yeah, so it's, it's been neat, you know, because, um, been able to, to travel the, you know, the country a little bit because of that and taking my wife to Scottsdale this week, as, as a matter of fact, to meet with the Seguro staff and talk a little defense. So it's been fun to be able to connect with people all over the country. And I want to be a great, great connector, so to speak, and a great networker. Right. You have to tell my guy, Jason Mons, that I, that I said, hello. Uh, I want to leave. Sure. You, I want to leave you with this, um, and it's one that I've been thinking about, and I've asked in our last podcast. But I think legacy is is another heavy word when you start talking about our coaching profession. Uh, so when the whistle is finally hung up the last time, and you're at the last game, and, and, and your coaching career is over, uh, describe the legacy that you want to leave after coaching. Yeah, just just authenticity. You know, we've touched on it several times throughout this conversation, but that's it, man. You know, one sentence, that dude was real, you know, and I, I don't really have anything to add to a coach. I really don't. I mean, perfect. that dude was real is what I want. That's so That's perfect. Uh, well, you've been listening to Coach Adam Harvey. He's the defensive coordinator, interim head track coach at Hutto High School. Um, coach, any final words before we leave? No, again, just appreciate what you and Tori do. You guys are top notch. And and, uh, again, thanks for having me on. Appreciate everything you do. We glad to call you a friend.